Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the World of Martial Arts show. We're excited to be back on the mics. I am Kurt Cornwell, as always, joined by Nathan Leverton and the great Mick Tully. And we're um, kicking off today after a little hiatus because I was moving into a new home with an episode. We're going to talk a lot about what we train, uh, what we teach, the correlation between those things. I'm lucky enough to be uh, coming to you guys right now from from the uh, recording little studio in my my new basement that I'm trying to build out here. And... um, adjacent to this in in the basement of my house where we've got a little training space that I'm putting together and I'm really excited to have my own training space at home that isn't just cobbled together because of COVID where I moved some boxes out of the way and threw some towels on the ground so oh, this is my training space now I'm really I'm trying to build a dedicated space and with that I'm excited to start a whole new at home hopefully regular ongoing dedicated training program for myself so I was asking the boys here if they had any suggestions or feedback if they have a regular routine they do on their own and you know what that topic of home training is like for them Uh, Nathan I'm always interested in your insights when it comes to this kind of stuff and in particular I intend on doing a lot of groundwork when I I get my routine up and running but what do you got for me any any suggestions any input yeah I mean I think it's an interesting time um with the you know restrictions lifting in so many places there's been a year or so of pretty much everyone just doing home training. Um, so a lot of people have got back into home training, maybe something they did when they were younger. I know I did it when I was younger. Um, and also lots of people building their businesses around training people at home. I mean, a lot of people seem to be stopping all that and just going straight back to the gym. I'm wondering why as coaches, people aren't carrying on more online stuff um, and getting back to the locations when it was working before. But yeah, it's time to, well, for me, it's time to get back into the gym. I don't have much practice of my own at home, but I think there are things you can do. I think there's things that make it easier. I think equipment makes it easier. I think having a program makes it easier. I think a program from someone else makes it the best. They say, don't be your own coach. 
So That's literally yeah. why I'm asking your input. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so about, about literally having a step-by-step -step program from someone else, um, even if it's not just the martial art, like we, we encourage people to, if they're going to do stuff at home, to maybe do uh, something to increase their physical vocabulary, maybe do some gymnastic program or something like that, or the gymnastic bodies program or something. Um, find something where they go, they're going to do step-by-step -step instructions. It's something you can follow. It's something you do at home, even if it's a yoga course or something trying to cobble together your own program and it might be different for us as coaches but i think for most people it would be very easy to get lost and also not have progression as well so my number one tip would probably be have someone else program what you do at home i think that's what coaches should probably do a little bit more can i just say that increase your physical vocabulary is going to be put on the wall of every training space I have from here on out, I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. That's perfectly said. And what a cool opportunity. You know, what hits me with what you're saying, you're talking about gymnastics or yoga, things that aren't necessarily your quote unquote martial art practice, um, especially as a JKD person, anything that like increases your physical vocabulary, I'll, I'll use your line, is, is a good thing to dig into, or at least an interesting thing to explore if there's stuff like that where you're going, yeah, I just, I don't know that I want to go to a gymnastics class. I don't know that I want to, you know, what's that going to be like? Am I going to have to wear a funny outfit or am I, you know what I mean? Is it expensive? All the stuff that rattles around in people's heads when it comes to trying a new thing, yoga, I don't know. I want to do that in a room full of people, but anything you've ever been curious about, you can do all of it online now. Like it's an opportunity to go. When I was 12 years old, I always thought it'd be cool to try xyz and i wouldn't do it now but maybe from the privacy of your home you'd check it out that's a really cool opportunity that i i hope doesn't go by the wayside as things hopefully continue to open it back up i think one of the, the one of the drawbacks that it's something you can maybe build into any program or have someone build it in if they're doing it for you is feedback obviously that can be a problem you can end up going down a blind alley with it and also um i mean even even just physically like having a mirror that you're working in front of having a punch bag that you're hitting so there's physical feedback videoing yourself and having someone else look at it like that's probably one of the things that if you're actually looking to make progress actually looking for like skill acquisition rather than just like getting a workout or enjoying yourself then some sort of feedback in there even if it's like just monthly or something like that but having that as part of the program would would probably help i would think I don't mind. I want to jump in on just on the feedback thing. I taught my class today and uh, like I personally, when we were doing it online, I really enjoyed the online classes because I was able to get feedback, but as an, as an instructor, but I was very worried about what the guys were getting from the classes. And then today uh, I just spent two hours of doing Hubert Kurt, which was really funny because it was the first time we'd done any Hubert since we came back. And it was because we've been doing a load of double stick, as I, it was, it's funny what you said about feedback, because I said to the guys, the problem is when we started hitting the stick, we were getting that feedback loop and we were going straight into it. And because they were getting so rambunctious, I got them to slow it down and not hit the stick. And then they all started getting lost. And then I was like, so you're not reacting here. And it was a, it was a symbiotic thing, you know, that we get when we do a lot of drill work. And that's one of the things that I, I noticed all the way through when I was teaching, everything I had to do was a solo drill. That was it. So kickboxers, they seem to like my, my mate Wayne Stokes, his online resource has gone through the roof 
but he's now got it in tandem with all of his physical classes. So every class that he does is filmed and then he sends it off and he goes, oh, by the way, that's what we covered. And then it's like he said, he throws it into the guys who didn't train and say, look what you missed. So it, it's been really funny because it's opened it right up now. You know, it's a, it's a completely different way of getting, getting you know, the, well, basically getting the interaction back from the students, Nathan. That's interesting about what maybe works, you know, what arts and what skill you know, groups work better solo training. I think the things that require more physical contact, so grappling, wrestling, things like that, and then things that require more timing, um, that's going to be harder. But anything that doesn't, so like just the brutal physical things of throwing punches, throwing kicks, and then and the things of just moving your own body, like footwork and moving your head and things, then they're the things that probably are easier to train. Um, you can do, I'm sure you can come up with ways to train the other stuff, um, but it's probably not going to cross over. It's not going to be an actual like practical thing that's going to work. But I, I think there's definitely a spectrum of things that are easier to train by yourself due to things that are harder. Well, it's just as you were saying that it's uh, I've watched with fascination how the how the online resource worked, and the one thing that I couldn't work out was how a lot of my friends who are very you know the you know I, I want to use the term energetic. So you know the guys who are you know you know it's like a kickboxing class, but it's almost like a tie bow class, and that's not a knock by the way, but it is. It's a you know, the whole come on guys and all of this. And they didn't really, there was a whole section of it that I didn't think that they jumped on. And now you boys, you'll remember this hopefully, right? But only like in tales of yore, you weren't old enough to remember it. I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, but I bet you did. That years ago, there was a video by the great Paul Vunak. When you were talking about timing, Nathan, there's this video of Paul Vunak, two camera, shadow boxing, <laughs> right? And uh, do you know that you know the one that I'm on about? It was his rapid assault tactics one. And I swear to God, first of all, I think it's the safest way that any human can spar Paul. First of all, you know what I mean? That's uh, well, that would be that should be his disclaimer. You want to spar and not get killed. But Paul did it, and it was like you look at it now, and he was a pioneer. Uh, but it, but again, like when I first saw it, I thought it was quite hokey. Then I was thinking to myself, oh, what if somebody saw me? And then I'm like. No one's going to see me. And I was throwing out kicks into fresh air in my bedroom anyway. So I might as well have been doing something properly. And then I, I was like, how much of this is interaction? Because I don't know if you guys noticed, you couldn't, on eBay, you couldn't buy a Pelotron. You couldn't buy any of that stuff during the lockdown. And I, I, I really think if we let it go by the wayside, we're missing a beat here with it. And, and nothing else, online presence is everything in business now. I don't know, like, in, my, in my plastering day-to-day -day business, all of my work is the fact that 24-7, I'm out there in the ether causing mayhem or throwing pictures up of stuff that I did where people go, oh, wow. And that's how people buy you. And I, I just don't see them do that in martial arts, Kurt. Yeah, it's funny. <clears throat> You're talking about uh, being kind of Tai Bo about it. I have to, just as an aside. So Nate and I were talking off, uh, Mike about this thing that I've started here for the city of Detroit with a, a friend of mine, Tim, uh, it's called mind body block party. And it's an outdoor event. And there's a DJ, there's a dance instruction, there's yoga instruction, I was doing kickboxing, it's a whole big party for movement and stuff like that. It's, it's a good time. But the first one we did, I went last, the vibe of the whole thing was we're dancing to the beat of music. And then Tim does his yoga class. And it is a far from conventional yoga class. He's out there, 
you know, we're, we're, we got like Stevie Wonder and, and hip hop beats going. It's this really great interactive yoga class. And then I got up to do kickboxing and you guys, it hit me. I have to do like and jab and cross and one, two, three kind of thing because everything so far has been based on the music. And I'm like, this is the one thing I swore I would never do as a kickboxing coach was effectively like a, you know, jazzercise kind of cardio kickboxing thing. And I was panicked, panicked. Like this is worse than having to go fight somebody. It was a night because I'm out in the air downtown in front of all these sea of people, whatever. Zoom teaching is the thing that I plugged into, oddly enough. You know, Zoom when you're in front of nobody. And now I'm face to face with all of these people. But Zoom teaching was something where you have to kind of play that game a little bit when you're coaching a class, at least the way that like Mick and I have coached through the um, MKG international uh, online stuff that's taken place over the last year or two. Um, it's a lot of like 30 minutes of nonstop kickboxing movement. So you really have to just keep high intensity, high energy and just go. And I thank God I had done Zoom so that I could, which is something I never really wanted to do so that I could do this other cardio kickboxing thing that I never really wanted to do. Because by the end of it, people were like, that was awesome. Like, I thought it was terrible, you know, but I had found out that I developed effectively like a new teaching skill because of Zoom that I, would, I wouldn't have had access to that otherwise. I hope I never have to do it that way again, but it was kind of clever. Shame on you, Kurt Cornwell. Shame on you, my friends. Well, what now? Well, what now? What now? We won the instructor's games in Osaka, literally doing part of my French, the whole format that you've just shit on, bro, like literally, I can't believe this. We, you got to remember, like, you've got a picture of the scene, right? Kurt will back me up when, when I finish this. We are in our friend Takashi Uchino's space in Osaka, which is literally like, if you imagine, on 7th Avenue in New York or Oxford Street in London. It's like prime real estate. The guy owns the building. This place is amazing. We go in there and it was really cool because it was just full of, well, basically Japanese housewives, really. But their body mechanics were amazing because they weren't tied into all of this awful, I don't know, woe is me shit that we have with martial arts. And they were just moving around and enjoying the motions. And we had to work out a program. We had 20 minutes, I think, 20 minutes, something like that. And we had to get over a combination or something or just teach. So we had the language barrier. We also had the fact that there was 180 of these guys, right? And there was the cultural things that went with it. Give you an idea. I wanted a picture with a couple of ladies and a couple of pictures. They want a picture of me. And it was, oh, by the way, her husband's an executive at one of the biggest companies in Japan. It, it wouldn't be very becoming to be seen having a picture with you. And I'm like, Jesus, what's the matter with me? But it was all of that craziness. But when you said it, Kurt, you know, we smashed it out of the park, first of all. We got a standing ovation at the end of it. And this, I'll tell you right now, it ranks in my top five best moments ever in martial arts because the energy in the room was magical and it was unreal. But it was just that interactive thing. It was so good. Nathan? Well, so as the uh, award-winning coaches, you can answer the other part of Kurt's question, which was about passing knowledge on, like how much experience should you have with that knowledge 
how long should you have trained something before you pass it on? I think that is an interesting subject. I've got my own thoughts, but I really want to hear what Kurt has to say on it. Can we, can I pause you on that just real quick? Cause there's one other thing we touched on that. I, I just wanted to actually get your feedback. On. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. One thing that we all touched on and that you had had really said succinctly, Nathan, is that there's, there's skills that you can work on at home. And then obviously the more contact oriented stuff, even if you're lucky enough to train at home with a partner, without a coach or guidance, you may not get really the quality that you're wanting for, or that you're hoping for. Mick, you mentioned, you know, doing um, the Filipino weaponry. So you do stick work on your own. You're going to develop a lot of fluidity, good body mechanics. You're going to look and feel better doing it. But then when you get them in front of another student for the first time, it's everybody's all elbows and they're super fast and they're kind of excited and giddy because they finally get to be with a partner again and all that goes out the window. Since I want to start a more adamant home training, Nathan, what's your perspective on like maybe we prioritize this skill over this skill for home training maybe not even physical skill but like certain what we would say like an attribute you know so i want to work on finesse since i'm just at home or i want to work on fluidity or whatever since i'm just at home does anything jump out to you as like yeah i wouldn't worry so much about x instead look at z you know yeah i mean my like i said the like gross motor movements and um having you know having someone else program and the feedback thing i think they would be things to embed in whatever you're doing then when it comes to actual picking what the techniques are or what areas um i, I think i very quickly mentioned i think the um equipment makes things easier i think the more you can actually physically be doing something so swinging the stick is fine but it should be hitting something if you're gonna if you're ever going to be planning to actually hit with it you should be hitting something if you're going to be doing grappling stuff then you should get a punch bag on the floor stick a gi on it and pin it and hold it and grip it and the you know if you're throwing punches and stuff that's great but you should have some pads and so the bag or i think there needs to be we're doing an art that is going to be done against another human body we need to replicate that as much as we can like increasing that physical vocabulary and um learning to move a body in different ways and refining stuff and using even if it's feedback of the mirror to kind of refine that's all great but if it's not being done against a physical object or with a piece of equipment, um, even if it's just like playing and like hanging, I remember when I was a kid, like hanging a tennis ball from uh, like the washing line and just tapping it. So that's helping my accuracy and stuff. But I'm still hitting something. I'm still touching something. I think there's the, the, the more physical contact with uh, a piece of equipment or something that there is, the better it's going to be for you in a way. Um, and that can be really varied and inventive. And that inventiveness maybe keeps you motivated. When I was a kid, I would do like the Kung Fu movie thing where I'd stand in horse stance with the hot teacups full of water on my arms and burn myself. Does that count? Is that a good idea? That's it, no, but honestly, but that inventiveness <laughs> and things that you had yeah. as a kid, uh, that like I used to do that, you know, I'd get the, a chair and kick over the back of the chair and I would do different yeah. things. And, you know, even if it's like trying to stick your, you know, make your fingers go through some paper or whatever, like all those, you know, you know, punch out a candle, you know, if we've yeah. all done these things, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we kind of stop a little bit as we get older because, uh, you know, we feel daft doing it. But um, I mean, I think some people tapped back into that during the lockdown. Um, I know a lot of people seem to be really inventive with their training. And it's, uh, I think some of that will get lost as people go back. But maybe someone, maybe you, Kurt, can keep that alive. You know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Do you know what? If you don't mind, can I jump in without like raising the ire of half of the JKD community, right? Uh, Nathan, you just used half of the 
like literally the most heretic words you can use in JKD, alive, aliveness. I have to invoke the almighty Matt Thornton on this one, right? Um, where he brought in this aliveness concept, but where you were saying about putting the gear on the grappling dummy and stuff like that, like people always think that aliveness means that it, I don't like, my, my, my personal favorite is any of the dead drills that we do, Kurt, that don't work. And it's like, well, no, we've got to go to work tomorrow. You know, when I go to jujitsu, I hard roll on a Friday night because I can rest on a Saturday or teach a class. I don't have to go and plaster a wall. So that, that's my aliveness in that. But then in my visualization, which is the, the advice I'd give you for your training space, would be the visualization, but the aliveness as a concept or, or, or even just as a mindset, you, you, you know, Kurt, you're one of my dearest friends in the world and I love your movement. And I've seen sometimes when you put it on and, I, and I, I've seen where you're, you, you physically, I can see you through your movement where you're struggling because you're like going, I, I really enjoy this art form, but I want to be a badass. And this is a great, this is a great anecdote. The last time that I trained down at the MKG group down in, down at Phil Norman's new place, Tier one martial arts, just giving you a shout out there, Phil. We were we were doing the, the 18 count on tie on tie pads. And first of all, everyone's doing it. And like I'm trying to look sign chai-esque and like trying to make everything look sweet. And I looked over at, at Phil. And Phil is basically, it looked like it was a combination of well, crouching tiger, hidden green street. Because he looked like he was literally a soccer hooligan. And I was like, because every shot he was going, boom, boom. Boom, boom, and like really putting it in. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, no, my mindset now is, he goes, every shot has to count. And I was like, what? And then I looked at it and I was like, and I'll tell you right now, shame on me, because I was there looking at this guy going, this is Phil Norman, he's an artist. This is Phil Gladiator Norman from the TV with the ponytail. He beat a guy, Two Scoops Berry, who used to train by jumping over cars that drove at him. Like, fuck, man. What is that? That's like Rocky Four level training shit. And Phil's there. I'm like, why is he like, why is he selling himself short by doing this? And then when I said to him, I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, work I'm doing at the moment with the different guys. He goes, art's out the window. And it was great because he came out with a, he came out with an anecdote. And as soon as he did it, I looked at him and I went, you're like the Rodney Dangerfield. Right, English guys, if you don't know, Google the guy. He's amazing. Rodney Dagefield, he used to do that. I don't get no respect. And it's all shit, man. It's all shit. Right? And I turned around to Phil and I said, what's all that? He goes, martial arts? I went, yeah. He goes, it's all shit. And I went, what? He goes, Mick, it's all shit. And I went, really? And he goes, you got to remember, he goes, martial art fills in the gaps when the real stuff doesn't work. And I went, I went, dude, that's profound. Uh, and he goes, yeah, but that's JKD. He goes, I had to learn all of this stuff to realize that most of it was shit and didn't work for me anyway. And then that was the point where I was like, wow, now you're talking. But I, I know I, I went off there a little bit, but it was that whole thing of that mindset with Phil. And I was like, and he goes, man, you want to be alive in here? And I was like, and he, and he was like, and that guy needs to be dead. And I was like, my good God. But as I said, if you ever get a chance, like, you, you should check out Phil anyway, because he's an amazing character. But like I said to him, I said, how did you keep all of that madness going through the lockdown? And he says, I don't need anybody to, like, I don't need anyone to G me up. You know, he goes, I can make myself do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. Because, and, and that's, that's the whole thing about this, 
whole online resource thing, guys. You know, it's if you're an entertainer, you'll get away with it, won't you? We all know that. We might as well admit that. I, I know, Nathan, you you struggled to start off with because you felt like you were performing more to the camera than anything else. And it worked out that most of us were really good at performing. I've always been performing. I've been faking this shit for years. I'm not even any good at it. Kirk Homer, you're next. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so it's interesting. We're, <clears throat> what we're getting to then is suggestions. And so hopefully this is, is helpful for the listener, anybody that's wanting to um, continue or start or cultivate an at-home practice. I, I assume I'm not the only one out there that is open to good feedback and suggestions about this. And I happen to have a captive audience and the two of you as masterful coaches, so why not ask? Um, you know, I have my own, my own opinions and my own stuff that I, I like to do. And quite frankly, a lot of it revolves around introspective movement, if you'll allow, like, you know, using a mirror and refining the finesse of a small part of a circle as opposed to the whole or whatever, where what I'm getting from both of you is from Nathan, the uh, trying to translate the impact and the, uh, the, the part of the, the Oh, what am I trying to say here? I'm sorry. The, the part of the application of the art that has another person replicate that through equipment. And Mick, you're saying replicate that through visualization, right? And so both of you guys are talking about there's a missing entity in your at-home training. Be creative and adapt and try to recreate that missing thing. Where typically my approach is like, well, there's there's a missing entity. So I'm just going to ignore that part entirely and focus on the things that are just about my individual body in regards to the training. So actually I'm, I'm thrilled that I asked because it's, um, it's a completely different side of the mirror that you guys are talking from. So I'm going to do my best to chain those two things together. Um, and I notice quite frankly, the more I train at home, the way that you're talking about, the more I do impact training, the more my teaching becomes about the application of the art. Whereas if a lot of my home training is, you know, shadow boxing and Carenza and things where I'm working on the finesse, then the classes that I lead are a little more in that direction, right? They're a little more introspective. Sometimes that's good. There's a season for that. But quite frankly, after a while, that can get boring. I don't want to out you guys if you don't have a dedicated at-home practice. I know we're all supposed to. But how much do you find your at-home training or your personal exploration of your arts, whatever, impacts what you teach? Is, are, is it always the same kind of curriculum or content? Or are you doing one thing at home and maybe teaching a completely separate area? Is, what's your correlation like? So, I mean, we said before, I don't really train much anymore. I coach. <laughs> um, anything I do at home tends to be just around my, my mobility and rehab and just keeping myself moving and functioning enough to be able to teach. Um, so when I actually teach, I mean, this kind of, I mean, we've phrased it in a couple of different ways, like how much is my own practice getting uh, expressed in my teaching? And also how much do you mentioned earlier, how much do I need to know something before I feel I can teach it? Um, I don't want to sound like, <laughs> like a big head or anything, but I think I can teach anything even if i've never done it before like because i'm a teacher like i don't like i'm not doing it i'm teaching it and teaching it can be me showing it exactly but it can be me creating an environment where they figure it out it can be trying to go oh i see what the core of that is i'll create an activity where they get that core thing and then they can figure out the rest or um you know i mean if something's completely outside of my area then yeah 
like I probably won't touch it or I'll bring someone else in. But I feel like, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen plenty of stuff where I've never done it before, especially in jujitsu. And then I've shown it to someone or created a situation where they would figure that thing out and then they've used it and I haven't used it, but they have. And they've maybe even used it in competition or enrolling against somebody um, because my job is teacher. I don't need to be able to do it. My job is to be able to teach it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that sounds, but I don't think they're the same thing. I, I, just, I just don't, you know. This is, this is literally, uh, no BS guys. This is literally why I love doing these podcasts. Because just as you were saying that, Nathan has said something that I have never, ever even thought about because I've always maintained that you should be able to do it. That's my, that's, and that's how I've always looked at it, right? And just as Nathan's saying it, I'm thinking to myself, shit. Yeah, he's right. Because as I've said several times before, Nathan Leverton is easily, the, he's easily the best student I've ever had because for the simple reason, he, you show him stuff and he gets it immediately, either physically or he gets it intellectually. Not, 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 he doesn't always get both at the same time. He'll either, he's able to do it. And when he's able to do it, he gets frustrated as hell because he's like, but I don't know how I'm doing that. And I went, just take the win, mate. You're able to do it. It took me years to be able to do it. I still don't understand how I do it. But when he said, but I'm a teacher and I should do this, it's like, well, yeah, Customato couldn't fight anybody. Yeah, Customato, he, Mr. Pimu, the guy that I taught, I, I trained with, like from WPT, he, like the, the guy smoked 60 cigarettes a day. He was the greatest Thai boxing coach I've ever met. And that's the God's honest truth. But it was just how Nathan said it. It was like, like you know, Guru Dan uses that line, you know, we create an environment where knowledge reveals itself, right? And that is that is what a teacher is all about. I think what we've hit on, what I read that, and it, this is the, uh, the contentious point, is the whole guys who try and teach it without knowing it, or they try and teach it to the point that it's like, Oh no, I know this works every time. I've seen this in uh, like, you know, I, I've seen this in martial arts, especially in the old days of the reality-based training. When they tell me about technique, and I thought, are you teaching me martial arts or trying to sell me sex panther? You know, works 87% of the time, all of the time, you know, because it the percentages didn't work. But yeah, Nathan, that's a really cool point. That's the thing. There's a difference there with what you're saying. Because okay, first of all, we've all met people who can do something really well but can't fucking teach it. So doing it isn't a prerequisite for being able to teach it um but what i'm saying with what what i i think i'm capable of doing is i know i don't know how to do it or i can't physically do it but i believe i can teach it because of my experience of teaching and the effort i'll put into that the problem is when people think that they know it but they don't really know it or they're faking that they know it that's a whole different thing yeah and that's it's funny because I think a lot of this could easily be unnecessarily, but could easily be controversial, but I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I, especially because you make the point of teaching something that's already in your wheelhouse, even if you've never done it, you know what I mean? If it's, you know, if you're, you're a, a extremely high level grappling coach amongst other things, but if you just saw some, I don't know, Japanese sword technique and you're like, okay, guys, pick up this sword. I'm going to teach you this thing, you know, like that's probably outside of, of what it is you're talking about. You might be able to break that technical skill down. Right. And you might be able to, because of your expertise in working with people and bodies, 
be able to communicate it very well, but maybe not to the effect that that art is looking for. But when you're looking at things that are of your um, universe and of your spectrum in the arts, yeah, I think the the fact that you have a high level that any one of us has a high level understanding of what those components are, you can break them down and communicate it. This is like somebody who's good with small engines and small mechanical things can take something they've never used before apart and put it back together. They understand how it works, even though if they're they're not the one building it all the time, you know. Um, whereas I can think of guys I know who have I've literally watched them learn something from me at a seminar and then make the video the next day of them teaching it to their students and it's like I'm sorry you you're not there to begin with not that I'm something of high praise but you're not at that level to begin with and now you're trying to replicate something that you saw not teach it but replicate it and you can't even get that far that to me is the mistake but I don't think that's what Nathan's talking about at all no I mean I'm talking about skill acquisition can i move that person along and a lot of that is the audience like who is the audience so, so if i see yeah a japanese swordsman do a, like an, a, an advanced technique with his sword yeah i can't teach it to someone like that that level but i could possibly through my experience of martial arts see some mechanics of it that i could teach or create an activity or create something uh, a learning environment where someone who's never done it at all might be able to get a step along because it might be breaking down a certain way. So I think my audience is a big part and what level I'm trying to teach it at. Um, so yeah, I, th I think I can teach a lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm teaching it to the highest level because I, if I, you do have to do it yourself often to get some intricacies for the highest level of it. But you know what? A beginner doesn't always need that. You know, they just need to have a go and I can help them do that. Yeah, well, I... You... Sorry, sorry, carry on. No, well, I, I might take us off topic. Go ahead, Nick. No, no, all I was going to say that uh, as you were saying this, this touches on something really, really important. Uh, Rick Fay famously always says that he's a high school teacher. He goes, I'm the high school teacher. And like that, when, when, when I see people hear that, and it never, ever gets over where he's like, he can get you to this level. And that's what we need to like. This is where I like your views on this, guys, is, you know, when you meet a guy who's basically a kindergarten or elementary school teacher in martial arts trying to like and he, he, he he's carrying himself like he's in harvard you know what i mean or an oxford don and it's that point where you're going sorry mate but you got to remember like and me me personally i'm like well yeah i'd have been a pretty good high school graduate uh, so i i smell the bs from you but guess what i see all these other guys you know, the there, there, and there merchants who don't understand punctuation i see them all the time on facebook i get why they believe your shit but don't don't sell that to me. So that's the thing is is understanding what level you are as a teacher. You know that's that's something that I'd like your take on because I've seen guys throw themselves in at the deep end and dive into something. I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into here, mate. Especially as you said, Kurt, when they start filming stuff and putting it out there, and you know yourself, the internet is a vengeful mistress, man. I'm telling you. She never forgets. Yeah, so I think it sounds like that's really what this comes down to. And I, I want to uh, like put this out there as a, a topic for a further episode is, is true, genuine self-awareness uh, self as an instructor. Do you really know not just your worth, but like where, where your skill level is at? Do you know your lane? Do you know yourself? Um, you know, Nathan had suggested this off mic, like relative to 
the scene or the community or the, the area of study that you're in, you know, the, whether it's due to things like lineage or who you've trained with or under, you know, your reputation amongst those groups, things that, um, that lend certain credibility to you and really having honest awareness of those things. You know, there's some people who get promoted as, as a, a coach or an instructor because they've been in the art for a really long time and they've got some skills, but they're not necessarily good at teaching. Right. Then there's some people who maybe are not going to be able to mop the floor with you, but boy, they can coach you on how to do it. And I think Nathan can do both. But that, that's part of what he was talking about, you know, is the, the uh, that sense of like, I know how to get somebody else to where they need to be on a given technique, tactic or whatever. Um, so, yeah, how long you've trained something versus when you should be able to do it. I guess it, it sounds like the consensus for us is it's, it's pretty relative. To the individual so maybe on a future episode we can dig into what does it mean to know thyself as a as a martial art instructor and and what are the the barriers to that because it's pretty easy to get your ego involved i think and say no i'm, I'm pretty hot shit on this thing and and uh th that can be a painful lesson to learn if you if you go too far down that road so um but i appreciate the the feedback so far on this episode today, guys, I'm, I'm excited to, to get back to training. You know, again, it's not that I ever stopped training on my own, but I want to really build this thing out for myself on a regular ongoing basis. So I've been taking notes while you guys have been talking. If you've been watching or listening, I hope you've been taking some notes too, mental or, or otherwise. So um, great to get back onto the microphone with you guys. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for uh, sticking with me during the hiatus while I moved into the new space, and I'm excited to keep pushing the uh, world of martial arts forward. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.